are listening to Afraid Not Podcast with Jill McCormick and Robin Wall. We believe that our stories matter and make us who we are. Every other week, we invite guests to join us and share their stories. Even though our stories have not, we are not afraid. Our stories are afraid. They are not perfect. We believe that the truth of our mess makes us stronger. We hope that God uses these stories to encourage and strengthen your faith as you trust in Him. Our theme verse is Colossians 1:17, which says, And He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together, even our frayed knots. Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Jill McCormick. And I'm Robin Wall. And this is Afraid Not Podcast. We're so glad that you are listening to episode 110 today with Sierra Webster, who we both know and adore and love in real life. Sierra graduated with both of our daughters, so that makes her in the younger generation than Robin and I. Yeah, a little bit. Just a few years. <laughs> So we're going to get to hear a faith story from um, her and some things she went through when she was engaged and had to break off an engagement very close to the wedding. It was a heartbreak. Um, She is a kindergarten teacher in Owasso, though, and so lovely, and you're going to love our conversation with her. She has nuggets of truth to share with you today, one of them being... The idea that comparison is the thief of our joy. Just let that sink in. And, and if you and I were to live where we recognize the comparison and how it's trying to steal from us, just what a, a truth that can make the difference in our day, in our week, in our life. So Sierra's got a lot of truths to share with us in this story. So listen in. Hi, Sierra. Thanks so much for joining us today. Absolutely. I'm really glad to be here. We're really glad you said (laughs) yes. Thank you for coming to be with us today. Mm -hmm. And what's really fun, listeners, is that we're in the same room and we are all three on Christmas break. So all of us are very relaxed. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) All three of us are employees of Owasso Public Schools. So for us to be on Christmas break and have this little chance to be together in the room to record this conversation is pretty pretty fun and special. it doesn't hurt my feelings at all no no it's no. fine okay and happy january mid-january to all of you so sierra would you start us off today telling us a little bit about yourself i mean we know you but our listeners would love to get to know you yeah so i am an owasso native I went to Owasso Public Schools 6th through 12th grade. I graduated in 2016 with both of your daughters. That's right. Yes. Um, and I, I'm really good friends with Emily. And um, I went to uh, Tulsa Community College for my freshman year and then transferred to Oklahoma State University for my sophomore year in 2017. Um, I have two wonderful parents. My mom and dad, Darby and Tracy, are amazing. I have a little brother who's not so little. Uh, his name is Tanner, and he is 19 and a fr- or a sophomore at Oklahoma Baptist University. Um, and they're amazing. I we're, we're super close, and so that's awesome. I am a kindergarten teacher. This is my third year uh, at Northeast Elementary. I taught third grade my first year and kindergarten now. And 
I absolutely love it. Um, my best friends are five and six year olds, so oh. it's awesome. <laughs> They're so lucky to have you. Yes. So, how many students awesome. do you have? I have nineteen. Okay. Yes. Um, I embrace the chaos so that I don't lose my mind. Um, it's so fun. We play with glitter and Play-Doh, and we learn the <laughs> alphabet. And at f- when I first started being a kindergarten teacher, Robin, you know, I was kind of losing it. I was like, oh, my gosh, what have I done? You know, why, why have I chosen this? But um, I have learned so much patience, and this is the most fulfilling job to be able to um, speak into the lives of these little kids and I get to watch them grow so much in their kindergarten year and it's so fun. So I love it. I love it. Did you always want to be a teacher? No, I <laughs> thought, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> if you would have asked me my senior year of high school, what is your dream job? I would have told you a sonographer. I wanted to do, um, heart echoes and go into the cardiac field. That's also kind of so my past has to do with mm-hmm. my brother, and he's had three open heart surgeries, and um, it that's kind of a huge part of my life. And but I took chemistry, <laughs> and by the grace of God, I passed. And then I decided I can't do three more years of all the science <laughs> stuff. And God kind of brought an opportunity while I was going to TCC to be an intern um, with the children's ministry at First Baptist. And so when I did that, um, God just showed me that um, I had this heart for kids and that he wanted me to minister to them in a teaching setting. And so um, that's when I totally changed course and transferred to OSU like four weeks before school started. And it was great. Kind of fly by the seat of my pants. So. Sometimes that one class will do it. Yes. I was a psych major when I started, and then I took psychological stats and went, and for these reasons, I'm out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It totally changed. I'm like, I can't do three more years of all this science and stuff, so we're going to change course, and I I love it. I, I yeah, it's so, it's so awesome. That's so. great. And <laughs> Northeast is such a great school with oh, fantastic administrators, and you have Amazing. wonderful co-workers yes. there. I work at the best school with the best people. We are just like one big giant family, um, and I absolutely adore the people I work with. So it's so fun. Mm-hmm. Love it. So why don't you start and tell us a little bit about your afraid not of what brought you to the, the story that you're going to tell today? So I'll take you back to my college days where I felt this yearning in my life um, for a companion. And for the first time in my life, I felt this desire um, to someday be a wife and a mom. And that's something you always dream about as a little girl is, oh, someday I'll get married, you know, with the white dress and everything. Um, so I, I, I started feeling that desire, um, when I was at OSU and I started praying about, you know, God bringing someone into my life that, um, would be a companion for me. And, um, 
So I met my ex when I was 20 years old, and um, I was a junior in college, and we did long distance because he went to um, a different school than I did. And uh, did a know, mutual friend introduce you to? No, we actually met on a dating app. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. we okay. met on a dating app, and um, we met up when we were both at home. And um, it was one of those things that I was like, yeah, this is a great guy, and let's just see where it goes. And so we dated long distance for over two years. And um, there were some things about our relationship that – I probably could have taken as, uh, this may not be the right person for me, but, um, I continued on and we, you know, we were kind of talking about our future together and, uh, we ended up getting engaged and, uh, after two years of dating and that is kind of where things started to go downhill for our relationship. When did you get engaged? Summer of the uh, we, 2020? It was December of 2020. Okay. Yeah. So um, it was December of 2020 when we got engaged. And I think I was willing to do just about anything to have the opportunity to be a wife and a mom. Um, I was seeing all these people around me mm-hmm. start getting engaged and getting married and having babies. And I wanted that. Like, I wanted that, and I think I was willing to do just about anything to have that opportunity. Um, And the social media influence, um, that was huge for me, Mm -hmm. watching all these announcements and pictures of, you know, rings and um, wedding days and watching some friends of mine go through that. Um, And I'm, I'm just kind of in that period of life where that's happening a lot right now right and so it's hard to not think about oh well like I'm behind and that's never going to happen to me and so I um it comparison really is the thief of joy Mm. comparison is truly the thief of joy and I really had to take a step back and think about wow this is this is a lifelong decision that I'm making here. Um, and I think we were different people who wanted different things. Um, but during the engagement, like God was working through it all. Like he was placing people in my life that loved me enough. Um, and they could tell that something wasn't right. Something, it wasn't going the way that an engagement should Um, It wasn't, I would say, as easy as I think it should be to just kind of be excited about this next phase of life. And um, so is it more that plans were falling through or people were seeing like a look on your face or feeling that they weren't getting that joy? There were some things happening in our relationship um, that I would share with people I love, friends and family, and they would go, uh, Sierra, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know that that's what's supposed to be happening. Um, there was multiple things that happened to lead to the engagement ending. 
And I really had to lean on my church family and God's word to get me through this time. It was extremely difficult for me to see past. It's kind of like the carrot being dangled in front of you. Like Mm -hmm. I, I could see it. I could see the finish line of, oh, I'm about to have the life that I have always dreamed of. And I couldn't quite get there. There were, God was heavily laying on my heart. This was a huge spiritual battle for me Mm. of, oh my goodness, I'm having to choose a life partner here. And I don't know that this is the person I'm supposed to be with based off of the things that were happening. And, um, I was majorly struggling, um, that, something is just not right here. Um, and I, I was like, okay, well maybe all engaged couples go through this sort of thing, you know, trying to figure the out the logistics. Yeah. Like the logistics of life, you know, where are we going to live? Um, our job situations. Cause both of us were fresh out of college and trying to figure that out. And so there were some like logistical things that we were working through and things just were not lining up. Things were not the way it should be. And um, instead of being so excited about what the future held, I was being taken back to a very hard place Mm. of something is just not right. I mean, there there was lots of tears, lots of um, hard, hard days that I went through. Were you trying to almost talk yourself out of it? Like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I can do this. Yes. I can do this. Yes. I was kind of trying to be like, I was trying to justify what was happening so that I could have what I want. And Mm -hmm. that was not the move to make. Um, So how close to the actual wedding did you get before it was done? Six weeks. Six weeks. Okay. So you probably already had your dress. Yes. I had the dress, I had the venue, I had the wedding party, the wedding decorations. I just, and I had even had my bridal shower. So I had a room. Oh, so you had all these gifts. of gifts and things for our home that I was just, and I remember um, there was a time about, I think it was about eight weeks before the wedding that... I I went to my dress alteration and I put on the dress and I looked at myself in the mirror and I thought, I don't know that I'm going to get to wear this. Oh, I don't, I don't know that this is actually going to happen. And my mom was with me and she, she would tell you today that she could see on my face that I was not, I was not happy. I was really struggling with trying to make this work. And I was also faced with the shame and humiliation and embarrassment of me potentially making this decision. Of canceling? Yeah. I, because I have a whole church family, you know, oh, how's the engagement going? And every Sunday I was faced with it. So even going to church, it was hard because people would kept, you know, kept asking me and totally with good intentions, like how you would just trying to make conversation. How many weeks left? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it just brought, well, yeah, things are going good. And I kind of had to put on this face of, 
yeah, things are great, but they're really not. Like, things are not going good. And I wasn't joyful during the, the process of trying to plan it. I was just kind of like, oh, yeah, that'll work. You know, I, I, it, nothing was intentional. And I was really trying to force it. And I had met with several people in the life of our church. Um, Amber Hudler, I met with her, and she um, had told me about, um, in the book of Isaiah, how God is warning, whoa, whoa, whoa. And there just kept, these things kept happening where it was like God was saying, whoa, Sierra, whoa, you've got to stop and you've got to reevaluate. And I was so struggling with this because I thought, well, doesn't every couple go through problems? I mean, everyone has always warned me in relationships, you have problems, but, um, the things that were happening were so um, burdensome to me mm-hmm. that I was just struggling daily, daily. And it was affecting every area of my life. I mean, my family, my friends, my faith. I mean, I was questioning everything. And um, Amber said something to me. She said, his mercies are in the warnings. And many times people think, whoa, and that's God's judgment. But really, he Amber had reminded me that God's justice is his mercy in the waiting. And after that, conver- I had had several conversations with her. Um, but God's mercy in this situation was more than I deserve. And his grace was so abundant to me. And I know I've heard Chris Wall say it many times. Marriage is a generational decision. And I knew that if I went through with this, that there was going to be a potential for it not working out. And I didn't want that for myself. I knew that's not what God wanted for me. And I certainly didn't want to bring kids into um a marriage that may not have worked out. And uh, so for myself, I had to come to this point where I had kind of had enough of the hurt, enough of the struggle that I knew without a shadow of a doubt that God wanted me to stop this And he was trying to turn my path to a different direction. I have Um, to ask, as this happened for you, mm -hmm. as weeks turned into months of your engagement, did it feel like each little things that should have been happiness, like a shower Mm -hmm. or getting the invitations in the mail or whatever, did it seem to make it harder and heavier? It everything that I kept planning was money, but it was also the weight of, well, no matter what, we have a date on the calendar and I have to make a decision by then or as soon as possible. And so I knew with each day, time is passing and it was making it extremely heavy for me 
Um, Did your fiance have any idea of all of the struggle you were going through? Yes. Yeah. But I will say that at the time, I think I was so scared of losing what I wanted that I wasn't as direct or as forward as I should have been. And like now the person that I am, it, that totally changed that part of me because I'm an Enneagram nine. Like I am the peacemaker. (laughs) I am too. Me too. Like I (laughs) hate conflict. I hate it. I hate confrontation. I, I just, I, I hate disappointing people. I want to make people happy. But there's also a time that I believe God wants us to stand up for ourselves and Mm -hmm. know our worth and know that his plan is so much greater than any plan that I could have come up with. So I had to come to that realization on my own. No one, no, my parents, no one in my life could make that decision for me. I had to make that realization all by myself because at that point I'm an adult and no one can tell me what to do. They can advise me. They can, but they can't make that decision for me. And so I. So invitations had already been sent out. No, invitations had not. They were at the printer and my mom and my, my parents, they just kept, my dad would say, just give it a week. Just give it a week because my dad didn't know how he was going to walk me down the aisle. And knowing the anguish I was going through, you know. Um, And so invitations had not gone out. But six weeks before the wedding, I was like, I'm done hurting. I'm done struggling. Spiritually, this was the biggest battle I personally had ever faced. And I knew I had to make this decision And it was the hardest decision I've ever made for myself, especially being the peacemaker that I am. And it absolutely broke my heart. I mean, it absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, Everything I wanted seemed like it was being taken away. Mm. And I have to say, I was a little angry with God for a bit Mm -hmm. of like, why would you do this? Why would you dangle that carrot in front of me for me not to be able to have it? Especially knowing, you know, God, the desires of my heart, you know, me better than anybody. So why would you put those desires on my heart? And I think afterwards I was dealing with, you know, I really think this has been an idol in my life. Uh, The whole picture of marriage and kids and the white picket fence, like American dream. That was something that I wanted so bad And quite frankly, like I still want it, but my perspective on it is so different now that I would not just do anything irrationally without deep prayer, without knowing, without a shadow of a doubt that this is where God wants me to go. Um, And there's been a lot of time spent in prayer, in worship, in scripture, trying to figure that out trying to kind of rebuild my faith in a sense of completely trusting in God and his plan for me and knowing that his plans are more beautiful and perfect than 
what I could ever come up with. So can you talk a little bit more about like when you were angry with God? How did you get through that? How did you get through the anger and turn it into, okay, wait a minute, maybe you have something for me? I remember telling people, because after it happened, people would ask me, you know, how are you doing? And I, I remember saying, you know, the Lord is sustaining me. I don't know how I'm getting through this, but the Lord is sustaining me. And I think I went through every emotion in the book. I was angry. I was sad. I was humiliated. I was shamed. I I wasn't shamed by anyone, but I felt a tremendous amount of shame of what are people going to think of me that I've ended this engagement and not gone through with what I said I was going to go through. And I was really worried about what my future would look like with someone else and their family. Like, what are they going to think of me and the fact that I've been through an engagement um, and it's something I really struggled with um, initially. And it really was like a grieving process. Absolutely. Um, although it wasn't a divorce, thank the Lord. I, I definitely went through this grieving process of the wedding day, my dream. Um, so what was that day like? That was supposed to be your wedding day. Well, we went on vacation. (laughs) (laughs) My parents and my parents planned a vacation and we went to Florida. And honestly, that day I realized it, it came, but I felt so much peace. Mm -hmm. That's the first time in my life that I experienced peace that surpasses all understanding. Mm. It's the kind of peace that you really cannot explain to people. And it really was by the grace of God that I got through that. I look back and I'm like, how did I get through that? Like how it was the most, I mean, it was the hardest time of my life. I felt like, you know, my heart was broken. And it felt like the world just keeps going. You know, like when you're in that space, the world just keeps going. People are happy. And I know that people's lives are not what they seem on social media, but it's hard to see that. So there was a lot of time that I was not on Facebook. I was not on Instagram because I told my mom, if I see one more marriage proposal or wedding, like I I'm going to lose it. Like I was so upset because that's what I've wanted for so long. I can't Um, imagine. Like I remember being in college and all my friends starting to get married and all that. I can't imagine with social media today with that being in your face all the time. Yeah. And the holidays were the hardest that year because at that point it it had kind of been like six months. And so I was actually starting to get really lonely and, I still felt that desire and I'm like, God, why would you give me this desire for me not to have it? Like, I know that this is, this is not an idol for me anymore because I really had to dig into scripture to realize, you know, I have to glorify him through, through anything that happens in my life. My job is to glorify him. And so that's what I had to do. 
And that's what I had to be content with in my relationship with the Lord. I had to first be content with him before I think I could have any relationship with anybody. Hmm. And I knew that, but it didn't take away the loneliness and the desire because at the holidays you see all kinds of stuff on social media. And so I just had to get off. I'm like, I can't look at that every day. I can't look at the baby announcements and the, the things that are happening in other people's lives that I'm not getting to experience. So after the holidays, I started praying for the man that God did have for me. I really, it, God laid on my heart that I needed to start praying for that person. And so you knew he'd still given you that desire, yes. that it was still there. It just was no longer on the idol throne. Right, right. I I kind of worked through that and realized that I can have that desire without it consuming my entire life. Because I looked at my life, and I have a wonderful life. I have a family who loves me. I'm healthy. Really, that's all I could ask for. And so I, I had to kind of work through that. Um, and so going into the spring of 2022, I had started praying for this person that God had for me. If, if he's out there, I'm praying for him. I'm praying that his faith is in you. I'm praying that, um, very specific prayers, um, and that he's strong in his faith, that he has a servant's heart who loves people, um, and, but thinking about dating again, cause that's kind of the spring of 2022 earlier this year was kind of the, really the first time that I'd considered dating again. And it was, it's hard. Like I'm post college. I'm an elementary school teacher. Where in the world am I going <laughs> to meet a guy my age? You're not going to meet him at school. No. And <laughs> I'm certainly not like a bar hopper or anything. And so it's like, okay, well, wh- where am I going to meet him? And then I thought, you know, at church, thinking through all the guys that are even remotely close to my age, I'm like, I grew up with most of these people, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> so um, I was just praying, you know, that God would create that opportunity if that's what he wanted for me, um, that God would put those opportunities in my life and um, for me to potentially meet someone. And um, I was starting to kind of plan out my summer of, you know what, I've not met anyone yet and I'm single and I, you know, I, I'm blessed enough that I still get to live at home and save money. And so I thought, you know, I'm just going to put all control in God's hands and I'm going to do whatever he wants me to do this summer. And so I signed up to go to junior high camp, high school camp. I was helping with influence with the kids ministry. Um, I did some summer events with Amber, like because I was just like serving to me has always been so healing to my soul. Like mm. I love serving. That'll and there's preach right there, Sierra. Yes. Serving is healing for our soul. I love it that. Is. It is. And for me, like serving, it just, it renews my heart in ways that nothing else 
seems to. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to dive in, give what I have to, you know, the youth and the kids. And so um, I decided to do that. And um, I met Zach at, at Falls Creek, <laughs> who I'm dating now. And he's a wonderful man of God. And, you know, God is still writing our story there. And um, there's been so many things that God has answered, um, not just in my dating life, but in my spiritual walk and in my self-worth that he's built up in me. You know, that, Sierra, you're you're worth it. And... Um, I've realized that God has given me so many gifts and talents and um, things that are going to be so good for me whenever I am a wife and mom someday, um, God willing. <laughs> um, and it, it, I feel like my story is God redeems your brokenness. Hmm. And I have had a brokenness what feels like to a whole new degree. Um, But God has just really worked in my life and through the people in my life. Um, I don't know how people, I say this all the time, but I don't know how people go through these things without their faith. I don't know if you guys have read the book, um, Redeeming Love. Yes, it's so good. Um, And the movie. I like the movie. Yes, I love the movie too. Um, I found this devotional. My mom had got it for me. And I was reading through it um, some of what she has to say about brokenness and um, how God redeems what we want. And um, so she starts in the devotional. Do you have a longing you fear will never be fulfilled? And then a little bit down, she says, our desires can be so strong that they're almost physical. And I've related to that a lot because what I wanted was rooted so deep that I was willing to do just about anything for it. But this journey that I've been on has transformed my perspective on that. She goes on that we might even think there's no way to go on with life if we don't attain what we're longing for. What is it for you? And it goes through these different life circumstances, infertility, money, um, longing, maybe you're lonely, um, all these life things that could happen. Um, And it says whatever we're longing for can consume our thoughts and we develop tunnel vision and are unable to see past the thing we want so much. It's a hard place to be. Our hopes might rise only to be dashed time and time again. We feel as if there's no escape and we wonder why God won't answer. A thought echoes in our minds. I don't want my life to be this way. We want the life we've envisioned, not the one we see unfolding before us. And that is something that I totally and wholeheartedly related to was, God, I don't want my life to be this way. I I want it to be filled with the happiness that I know a marriage could bring and and that kids could bring. But he humbled me so much in the fact that 
he it's almost like he whispered to my heart Sierra I'm enough for you Mm. and I'm working through your brokenness so that you may be closer to me and that you can serve me and my kingdom better and so my train of thought kind of changed from oh my gosh god I really really want this to how can I serve the kingdom better so what another really cool thing that God kind of laid on my heart earlier in the spring of this year was women's ministry of calling me to serve women and you know he's still working on that um but um it's been really cool to get to kind of plan some women's ministry things at our church and to um, kind of hopefully build uh, women's ministry. And um, another verse that it has in this devotional uh, was Psalm 38, 8 through 9. I am exhausted and completely crushed. My groans come from an anguished heart. You know what I long for, Lord. You hear my every sigh. And it's true. Like he does hear every cry out that we do, every prayer filled with tears. I've had a lot of prayers filled with tears. Um, And when you look at my journals from that, that time right after the breakup, to now it just looks so much different um and you know God took my brokenness and he started putting it back together and it's really special to see how God is still working in my life and you know I can't say that today is perfect today is not perfect um there's still things that I struggle with, but no matter what I want in this life, really it's all about what he wants for me and the path that he wants me to go down. And I have a sign hanging in my room that says that God's plans are more beautiful than all my disappointments. Mm. And, um, and so trusting in his plans is what I'm focusing on. And, um, you know, sometimes following God, you're following him day by day. And sometimes it's hour by hour, minute by minute. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm choosing Jesus for this hour. I'm choosing <laughs> Jesus for this, yeah. you know? Like, yep. there's this sometimes where That's it's true. like, even calling on his name is so hard when you're just in that desperate place. But this journey, it was a day by day thing of waking up in the morning and choosing to say, you know, God, I have no idea what you're doing, but I trust you. And my faith is so much better for it. My, um, my whole, it changed. I feel like it just changed me so much because Mm -hmm. I'm able to stand up for myself. I'm able to speak out for what I believe in. I'm able to truly, I feel like minister to the people in my life better because of what I've been through absolutely and it gives me a sense of um, empathy for others that may be going through similar situations even though I I know exactly that feeling of heartbreak and as I was preparing for this podcast today 
I was thinking, and I told my mom and dad this before I left. I was like, I cannot believe I went through that. Like, it's hard to even think about, oh, my gosh, there there's some things that I totally forgot I thought or experienced. And, um, but it's really cool that, you know, God's still writing my story. And I don't, I still have no idea what he has for me in the future. I don't, I don't know what he's going to give me. But I can trust that his plans are far greater than whatever I could come up with. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's a song that I kind of leaned into um, during this time. And it's called uh, Show Me Where You Were by Lainey Renee. I, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, but it talks about, God, you hear my cries. And I know that you're standing close to me but it's still hard. (laughs) And I'm like, wow, that song really shows that I, no matter what I'm walking through, he's still standing close to me. He's still there, right? Walking in the battle with me through the storm. Mm -hmm. So when you look back over your shoulder at the Sierra who had to walk through all that pain I hope you see what we see, that it takes a lot of bravery and courage to do what you did. The opposite of shame. I mean, it was really courageous that you absolutely stopped the wheels in motion. And they would have continued if you hadn't. If you hadn't said, no, this isn't right. It took incredible bravery for you to do that. It was incredibly bold and strong that you were able to do that. And I don't know if you see it yet. And maybe you're like, oh, no, 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 not me. No, (laughs) but yes, you. And maybe as time goes by, you might even recognize in you. That was the Lord's strength in you, that he gave you the courage to believe in him and to stop that wheel from turning that was on a six-week path to... (laughs) A totally different journey, yeah. you know? And I I can look back now and see that that was totally gone. Like, nothing out of Sierra could have made that decision or said the things I said or anything. Mm-hmm. Totally gone. Like, totally gone. And it's so funny because so many people have told me, like, how brave of you. And I'm like, I certainly did not feel brave in that moment or courageous. I... I, all I can say is it was God. Like, I don't, I don't know how I got to that decision other than my faith in God. So. And speaking of serving, didn't you tell me you met him serving at church camp and he was serving at church camp? Yes. Yes. I, we were both serving at Falls Creek and I had never met him in my life. Um, but he attended our Tulsa campus and I attended the Owasso campus. And so our paths never crossed until serving together at Falls Creek. And so, um, I guess if you're going to meet someone, that's the best way to do it. (laughs) You know, I don't know if you know this, but that is where I met my husband. (laughs) Is it really? That's awesome. Um, and it's even more Sierra 
It's where my mom and dad met too. <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm like, I'm not how kidding. Do I have that? Sean and I met story. at church camp. It wasn't Gloria. I mean, it was Gloria and not False Creek. Okay. That's, right. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we don't know what the future holds. Like you yeah. said, we're not trying to jump the gun, but it is really special that as you're trusting the Lord and walking in it, that you met someone who's also serving the Lord and that you're dating. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it's very cool. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, Well, thank you for sharing your heart with us. And it's always good to hear the younger generation talking about serving the Lord. <laughs> that's right. And, you know, there are people listening right now that we may not know them personally, but somehow this podcast has crossed their earbuds, and they're listening today. We're so glad you're listening, if that's you. But, Sierra, what would you want to encourage somebody if they're in a situation really similar to where you were <laughs> the weeks before your wedding? What, what would you like to say to that listener today? I had a few people tell me, you would so much rather experience this heartbreak on this side of marriage than on the other side of marriage. Mm -hmm. And although I wish nothing but, but the best for my ex and his family. And of course. I absolutely, you know, I, I pray for them and I pray for him and um, I hope that he's happy and all of that. Um, but making this decision on this side of marriage saved me so much heartache. Of having to go through potentially a divorce. Um, and I, I've seen what divorce does to families. And I don't ever want to experience that if I can help it. And so I, um, I would say if you have any doubt, if, if there's anything in you and it's more than a feeling of cold feet. It's more than that. It is blaring red flags. This is not right. If anything in you says that, you got to end it. And you have got to trust that the Lord has something better for you. And because, man, God created you. He created you for a purpose and I promise that his plans are so much better than anything we could come up with. Mm -hmm. So, and you will get through it. Yeah. If, you lean, if you lean on him and his word and who he says that you are, you can get through it. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Sierra. We Thank love you, guys. Sierra. We're Thank proud you. of you. Thank you. Thank you for listening today to Afraid Not. We are so grateful to Sierra for coming and being vulnerable with us and sharing with us about a really painful journey that she walked through. And now as she is seeing that God has brought her through and the really beautiful things that are in her life because she was brave and obeyed and, and had the courage to trust in God, she's just... Uh, experiencing the joy of his path for her. Something that I was thinking about as we recorded today, and Sierra shared this later, that this was one of the verses that she really clung to in this whole season. 
Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And so often we, as we journey through life, we are wondering, will I ever have whatever it is? whatever's the the carrot that's dangling. And I think that Sierra shared such a beautiful path for herself of recognizing that when she was desiring that closest with God more than anything else, that the desires of her heart, she's still longing for those same things, but in a way that's not an idol, in a way that is just a a blessing. And I, I really, I resonate with that. I love how she said God's plans are more beautiful than all my disappointments. And something that really spoke to me was the point of whatever we're longing for can become so consuming and give us tunnel vision. Sometimes if there's something that we just want God to fix, we want him to do something about it right now, it becomes to where we cannot even see what's really going on because we're so focused on that one thing. So um, that was something I needed to hear. So anyway, thanks so much for listening and um, sharing this with your friends. If you have a business that you would like to advertise, we are open to that. So please reach out to us if you're interested in any doing anything like that for Afraid Not Podcast. And we will be back again in two weeks. Have a great day, everybody.